When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you missed any of my talk radio breakfast show, don't worry. We've put some of the punchiest bits of this morning's show into a bite-sized podcast, the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. Enjoy. Let's talk about also some good news, hopefully coming later today from the Chancellor, Rishi Sunak, uh, for the self-employed, finally going to get included in the taxpayer bailouts. Well, let's talk to Stephen Timms. He's Labour MP. He's also chair of the Work and Pension Select Committee. Good morning to you, Stephen. Good morning, Julia. Good morning. Um, listen, what do we expect to hear announced? We know there are sort of five million self-employed people in this country. We also know that a good number of those um, are people who don't rely on their self-employed earnings. They earn a couple of grand a year on top of uh, PAYE and the like. And so they obviously have already got help but we're looking at maybe 1.7 million 2 million people getting help what sort of help are we expecting to hear well at the moment we just don't know uh, unfortunately parliament has now gone away so we're not going to be able to interrogate the chancellor in parliament about this i hope the full details will become clear uh, apparently this afternoon i mean one suggestion i heard is that it's only going to be people who are actually sick who benefit from this package rather than all the other very large number of self-employed people whose business has just disappeared. But that's just speculation at the moment. I just don't know. What I think is clear is there will be quite a lot of people who are going to have to depend on the government's universal credit system. We took evidence on our committee from the Secretary of State about this yesterday. There's been a huge number of people, nearly half a million people since Tuesday of last week, who've applied for universal credit. The the IT system, understandably, is a bit uh, congested at the moment. They've got to ring people back to establish their identity. That's all taking a bit of time. Hopefully that will get resolved. But there are some problems with universal credit, and I I don't think it's the ideal way to provide the support that people need at the moment. No, indeed. I've got a very good friend working in a a benefits office on on the front line, and not only concerned about her own health, but concerned exactly about uh, getting help to those people as soon as possible. Um, I mean, we will return to self-employed issue, but a lot of people just saying this fine we wait for universal credit. Now we know why there's a wait. It's because they have to get in, you know, real time information about what people.
people's earnings or like information from employers, there may well be a strong argument for just sort of giving everybody the benefit of doubt and just paying them money. And uh, yes, in the future, we will maybe have to claw back money from people who didn't need it, people who made false claims. There will be people who, who take the mick. We know that. But uh, it is probably for the better for all if we just give the benefit of doubt at this time? I, I think the five-week wait is the fundamental problem. A Conservative MP in the House of Commons last week described it as the fatal flaw with universal credit. In the past, you know, you applied for job seekers allowance, you got it within about a week or uh, eight working days. With universal credit, you don't get your first regular benefit payment for five weeks. And I don't think that's going to be sustainable. You can get a loan very quickly to cover you through the first five weeks, but then you've got to repay it from your subsequent benefit payments. And, you know, it's only £94 a week. So trying to survive on that and repay the loan you got for the first five weeks, it's going to be terribly, terribly hard. I I think the government should just say that that advance is going to be non-repayable at least for the duration of this crisis. Yesterday, they told us that it's, they, they would struggle to implement the IT to make that minor change, which is very disappointing. But I'm sure there is a way they could do it, and I yes. hope that they will. There, where there's a will, there is a way. And we and we, we understand from Rishi Sunak in the Treasury questions the other day that, that uh, even like they say, the help for the self-employed, so they don't have to go and claim universal credit because that's what an awful lot of those 470,000 new benefit claims will be, will be people who have been able to have an income, whether you're a plumber, or you're a, a yep. window cleaner or, 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 yep. or, or, or a working you know, as a hair salon or whatever. You suddenly don't have, you're not allowed to work in many of those cases uh, and therefore you're having to sign on. Um, but yep. but the, actually one of, the, one of the key issues is there is that uh, they, you know, they, they have been doing the right thing and they have been paying their taxes and they need the help right now, not in five no. weeks' time. No, that's absolutely right. And, and the big question about the package this afternoon is which self-employed people are going to benefit from this? Is it just self-employed people who've become sick and therefore have to self-isolate? Or is it all the other self-employed people whose business has just vanished? Well, it seems to me that that would weeks? be incredibly unfair if it was just people who who are sick. Because the whole point about this is, is to make people who are perfectly healthy, who are staying at home for the good of other people, doing the right thing, um, and who's businesses have been closed down. It seems to me that they are, on one level, more entitled yes. than people who are off sick. Yeah. No, I think, that, I think that's right. I think anyone who has to self-isolate, I presume, will be covered by this package. I think the question is whether people who are not having to self-isolate, but who just don't have a business anymore, are they going to be covered by this package? And, and that's what we just don't know. We'll have to wait and see what the Chancellor says this afternoon. But if that second group is not covered, then there is going to be a huge demand on universal credit and I think they're going to have to make some changes to the way it operates. I mean it does seem to me that if we are all in this together and the Prime Minister keeps saying and in this rather strange version of the country you know putting its arms around everybody it is bizarre to not include the self-employed properly in this Um, simply because in the same way that you know of course people who are self-employed should be expected to have savings and and be in a situation where they can stand their own two feet but but nobody, we talked about this so many times nobody at all whether you're employed or unemployed or self-employed could possibly plan for their business out of the blue to be completely and utterly shut down through no fault of their own and for no alternative uh, to be available because of through no fault of their own. I, I don't think that anyone could plan a business on that basis.
No, I, I completely agree with that. I, I think it, it is important to cover that larger group of self-employed people. But the speculation in the papers this morning seems to be just one and a half million out of the five million covered. So we'll, we'll just have to see what the Chancellor announces this afternoon. But our committee will certainly want to press for... A, a decent, fair coverage of yeah. self-employed people who, as you say, through no fault of their own, just haven't and cannot get any work at the moment. Uh, can I also talk to you about what as turns, I think, something into an obsession for both the Labour Party and indeed Nicola Sturgeon, First Minister of Scotland, with closing down construction sites at the moment. There seems to be this idea that everybody who's on the tube currently is now either a key worker for the NHS or is a construction worker and that we must close down construction sites because they are the biggest spread of the virus. It was quite made quite clear by uh, Professor Chris Whitty and Patrick Valance yesterday that actually, you know, there isn't any particular evidence that construction work is a particular risk and the trade-off between the economic risks and the uh, the health risks is a decision that has to be made for all businesses. Um, why why is Labour so convinced that construction sites are the epicentre of viral uh, of the viral pandemic? Well, lots of people have been sent home at the moment for the well-being of all of us. Uh, and it's not quite clear to me why an exception is being made for construction sites. I mean, I'm speaking to you from a Tesco store. I've been queuing up outside and I have to, there's three minutes, three metres between each customer. Quite rightly, it's all very well organised. If you're working on a building site, I'm afraid you do not keep three metres or two metres between everybody. And it just feels strange that the problems that all of us know about are carrying on on construction sites when they're being stopped everywhere else. Now, I'm worried that this virus is spreading very fast. We ought to be, as other countries have, doing everything we can to stop these social uh, interactions which allow the virus to spread. And I don't understand why the government is saying that, uh, as an exception, construction sites can carry well, on. Well, not as an exception. People are still entitled to go to work in this country and keep their businesses opening if they are able to do so and they can maintain those, those distances. I, I don't see yeah. why people on a construction site shouldn't be able to maintain that social distance. Well, the, 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 the videos I've seen of what's happening on construction sites suggest that you just can't, that there are people doing vital jobs with heavy equipment and, and machinery, and the way they do that just doesn't, very often, does not allow them to keep those right. distances between each other. OK, just finally, uh, the final ever Prime Minister's questions uh, for Jeremy Corbyn as leader uh, of Her Majesty's Opposition. Talk Radio Breakfast with Julia Hartley Brewer and The Times. Be well informed. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.
you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. I'm delighted to be joined by Health Minister Edward Argar. Good morning to you. Morning, Julia. Uh, good morning. Um, now, um, obviously, there's so much to talk about this morning. Um, some really positive news. Though. We've got you know, more than half a million people signing up to be volunteers to help those self-isolating. But we've still got this ongoing issue of, of testing uh, and, and making sure that we can get the NHS workers on the front line, other key workers tested for the virus so that they can get back to work and help saving lives. What is the delay in getting testing done of key vital front workers well very quickly firstly on the volunteers you're absolutely right 405,000 have signed up yesterday it's over half a million today this is Britain at its best the Prime Minister said together we will beat this and I think together we are unbeatable so that's a a huge thank you from me to all those volunteers in terms of the testing you're absolutely right we need to ramp up these tests which is exactly what we're doing we've done just over 97,000 so far but there is a a real challenge on now, and we're putting every effort we can into it to ramp up the number of those tests. There is a huge demand around the world for these tests. Um, they are ramping up production. They're ramping up the shipping of them. But that has taken a little bit longer than perhaps we'd have wished. But we want to do everything we can to make sure the front line gets the testing it needs and gets the broader support it needs. It's um, We start off uh, a few days ago, 5,000 a day. We are ramping that up in the next few days to 10,000, then 25,000, with the aim of getting well, it up to 250,000 With all due respect, Minister, we, yeah. we've, we've heard those numbers, and I've heard those from your boss, the Health Secretary, a number of times as well, mm. I think a week or two ago. Still haven't seen that. We still know there are people desperately waiting for tests. And yet somehow Prince Charles, someone with only mild symptoms, not, not a frontline key worker, was able to get hold of an NHS test. Uh, and, and Camilla, not actually exhibiting any symptoms at all, able to get hold of a test. Why is is the heir to the throne and his wife entitled to get a test on the NHS? This is in Scotland, when key workers on the front line working to save lives can't get those tests. Well, what I would say on that is, and it won't surprise you that I'm going to say this, is firstly, I'm not going to say much about an individual case. That would be wrong, even for someone as, as prominent as His Royal Highness. I understand that in Scotland the correct processes were followed there, but I hope you'll understand as well. I don't want to go into individual cases, even someone as high profile as the Prince of Wales, because that wouldn't be appropriate. They've made it public. Well, hold on a minute. You said we keep being told he qualified under the NHS rules in Scotland. Are you telling me that anyone in their 70s with no underlying health conditions um, and showing only mild symptoms is able to get hold of a test on the NHS in Scotland? Because I have a funny feeling if you asked most 71 year olds in Scotland exhibiting mild symptoms, they'll tell you something different. Well, Julia, as I've said, um, my understanding is he uh, the correct processes were followed, but I do not 
get into, nor do I personally look into individual cases. And it would be wrong of me to comment. I do take the point you're making, which is about frontline workers getting the testing they need, the priority we would expect, and we are giving to them. Alongside, I would also say, those who are very seriously ill in hospital as well, which is what we're doing in our hospitals in this country, to make sure we know whether they've got the virus or not, and to make sure we can treat them appropriately. We, We are ramping up those levels of tests. We owe it to our frontline NHS staff, but not just NHS staff, actually. If you'll just let me uh, add something to that, because it's often the shorthand we all use is our frontline NHS staff who are absolutely vital, but so too are our social care staff, pharmacists and others. Vital, we support them by getting them tests as well as the PPE, as well as by giving them, as we are uh, announcing today, we're telling the NHS to make sure that they are not charged for parking at hospitals. Many trusts are already waiving those fees, which is fantastic of them. We're really grateful. We're telling all trusts to do that. This is about supporting our amazing frontline workers. You're right about the need to ramp up the test, which is what we're doing, but we're doing other things as well. There's also a big concern about PPE, this personal Mm. protective equipment. We're constantly told, look, shipments have gone out to every hospital. Everyone's getting the equipment. Again and again and again, frontline medics are saying... We don't have the equipment that we need and people are being put at risk. We know uh, dozens and dozens of Italian doctors have actually died uh, as a result of contracting the virus. It's vital not just for their health, uh, our medics' helps, but health, but also uh, the patients they are treating, that they, they do have that protective equipment. It cannot be, on, be beyond the wit of man at whatever time of crisis to get this level of equipment to the right people on the front line. Why has this gone so wrong? Well, I wouldn't say it's gone wrong um, if there is Julia, any, if, no, 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 is, with all due respect if there is a single frontline healthcare worker in this country a first world country uh, with, with months of notice that we are heading to a health crisis who doesn't have the personal protective equipment they need then that's a failing you are absolutely right to say that they deserve all the support and the protection that they can be got we have shipped in recent days uh, 15 million Face masks, 24 million gloves, 1.9 million pairs of protective glasses, just examples of the PPE. We are shipping millions and millions of items every day. We've brought in, as you will have seen, um, our colleagues in the army to do that, to really make sure that this logistics exercise, and it is a hugely challenging logistics exercise, to get the huge stockpiles we do have from the warehouse to the front line every day. They are doing an amazing job, and we are getting that out to the front line. One of the challenges which we grapple with, but we are meeting, is that of course it's not just doing a one-off drop. Quite understandably, our frontline staff are using this kit and need it replenished on a daily or weekly basis. That is a huge logistical undertaking. We're doing that. We're shipping millions of items all the time and the army is playing a huge role in that. So you're right, we need to continue to ramp that up and make sure that all those who are putting their lives Uh, at risk who are putting themselves in harm's way on occasion to help people get the protection they need to make sure that they are safe while they're caring for people. We're doing that we're ramping it up okay, and we'll just continue finally, to do that, Julia. Just fine. Obviously, look, I, I'm pushing you because that no, is no, my job and we have to ask the questions that people want answered. I, but, if you didn't, I'd be surprised, well, Julia. There, but there are an awful lot of people listening to us right now who are very, very impressed with the government's actions and are very, mm. I'm very uh, hopeful now that we are going to be seeing a death toll under 20,000 if, again, it's a big if, we carry on doing the right thing, staying at home. Yeah. The, uh, the uh, Professor Chris Whitty said it's going to be a close-run thing for the NHS to cope with the pressure. Mm. Are you confident now or more confident than you were, say, a week ago? 
ago that we are on the right trajectory and that Britain is going to get through this? Well, the Prime Minister's been clear, we will get through this. We are a great country and if we work together, we will get through this and we will beat it. You're right to highlight that message. Stay at home to protect the NHS and save lives. We are doing everything we can to tell people to do that, to get that message across. At the same time, we are ramping up capacity within the NHS. You've seen the story uh, today and yesterday about the conversion of the Excel Centre into the Nightingale Hospital, a 4,000-bed hospital in London. You're right to highlight uh, and press me on the fact that we really need to keep up the pressure on getting that PPE and that testing, those testing kits out, which we are doing. But it comes down to all of us doing our bit. That's the simple things. When I last spoke to you, the one, a lot's changed since then. But one thing that hasn't is keep washing your hands. I remember talking to you about that yep. a few weeks ago. But also follow the PM's advice, follow the chief medical officer's advice. Stay at home to save lives. Edward Argo, Health Minister, thank you very much. Talk Radio Breakfast with Julia Hartley-Brewer and The Times. Know your times. Let's talk about what uh, also will be good news, we hope, for many self-employed people who so far have been rather left in the lurch by this government as they've been searching for a way to help the self-employed as well as the businesses and the employees who all got offered help from the taxpayer last week. The Prime Minister's talked again and again about the country putting its arms around the country. Well, uh, the self-employed have so far been given something of a cold shoulder. Only entitlement they've had uh, to date uh, has been an entitlement to claim statutory sick pay for the first time at 94 pounds a week. Well, not many people who can pay their rent or put food on the table for that sort of sum. But today we're told the Chancellor Rishi Sunak will finally announce taxpayer support for the self-employed. There are five million self-employed but not all will be eligible. So what is that help likely to be? Well, let's talk to former Work and Pensions Secretary David Gork, of course, former uh, Conservative MP and who joins us now. Good morning to you, David. Morning, Julia. Uh, lovely to speak to you. Um, First of all, can you help us out in terms of why it has taken so long after help was offered to employees, a huge package worth hundreds of billions of pounds of taxpayers' money are being offered to employees and to businesses. Why has it taken so long for the government to come up with a package of measures for the self-employed? It's, it's a very fair question, but I have a lot of sympathy for the government in this, this case because um, the challenge is that government doesn't have up-to-date information about the self-employed in the way that it does about those people who are employed, who are part of the PAYE system. So they, they, it's not easy to identify what their recent income is. You get a lot of what could be described as churn, so people coming out of employment into self-employment and vice versa. So something like 20% of those who are self-employed in any one year cease to be self-employed. So if you start looking at historic records, you might have somebody who was self-employed last year but has got a job this year. Are they going to get two sets of support? Really, really difficult to do to try to target that on who the support needs to go to. And they're a very diverse group. So you've got some people who might be self-employed but have very, very low income indeed. You might have others who are self-employed and are earning an absolute fortune. How do you make sure you get the right support to the right people? So it's, it's, a, it's administratively really, really difficult. And in politics, we tend to talk a lot about the, the what do we do and why do we do it? But you've also got to answer the question, how are you going to do it? And that is a really difficult thing for DWP or HMRC to do. Those are the two big organisations. I've worked closely with, with both of them 
DWP are coping with an enormous surge of new universal credit applications. HMRC is, is having to put in place the scheme for the employee, the PAYE scheme, which in itself is new and complex and will require a huge amount of effort. But it is easier to do. It is easier to deal with those who are in the PAYE system. We've got up-to-date information. You know, HMRC could look at someone within PAYE, see how much they've earned every month for the last three or four years. Very, They can do that relatively easily. Doing that with the self-employed, much, much harder. And this is it. It's not just targeting the right people, not giving help to people who don't need it, having accurate information, and as you say, getting the money to those people. It's not quite the same as just paying it through employers uh, and, then, and then putting it into people's bank accounts. Um, this is, uh, we're told 1.7 million, 2 million people of those 5 million with those who would be targeted. We're told that the cap, uh, the a lower, a lower cap possibly of 1,700 a month rather than the 2,500 a month uh, so that's up to 30k for employee employees as opposed to self-employed getting less than that and also that people who uh, um, only be getting help perhaps who earn up to 50,000 uh, a year uh, rather than although they wouldn't get that full amount much less than that um, would, would only be eligible for this so it's going to be much smaller um, at sums of money and much and far fewer people affected than employees but you think it is it is feasible it is possible and 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 it will happen well i think all the briefing suggests that they've clearly got something that they're going to announce i mean given 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 all the press speculation i'd be astonished if uh, the chancellor stood up and said sorry it's all too difficult um but i think you know what they come up with um you know just a sort of preemptive defense of the government it you know realistically um they're not going to be able to cover absolutely everybody they're certainly not going to be able to cover people to 100% or even necessarily 80% in every in every case, you know, it is it is going to be really really difficult to make sure that the money goes to the people that we're talking about. And I can completely understand, by the way, the frustration that the self-employees have. You know, if, if they've not got a job because of the coronavirus, essentially all their sales has, have, have, or whatever it might be, has dried up. There's no income, and they're sort of well, how are we going to? support ourselves and others are clearly getting support so i can completely understand that point but just you know just to just to say how how challenging it is and you don't end up money going to the people who it's not you don't need it let's well let's talk about people who definitely do need it you mentioned all these extra new benefit claims being lodged 470,000 new benefit claims have been lodged huge sums huge numbers of people um, and there is an ongoing issue of course with universal credit and this five week wait now we've been told again and again we went down from six weeks to five weeks and that you can get a loan immediately but of course you have to pay it back um, is this now the time for the government to say right although it's still a five week wait we can't change everything on a computer system for millions of people overnight but we're going to give not instead of loans we're going to give grants and that we are going to accept that some people uh, perhaps don't need that money and some people are going to be there are always going to be people who play with the system we know that but on balance it is better to just make sure we get that money out there to people who need it and get it out there right now and we just waive those loans give people that money from word go and let's make sure that people have got money to live on i think look, i think this is this is a really difficult one because the the, the level of pressure on universal credit in terms of the number of new claims and indeed other changes that are being made. So the government's announced, for example, that they're going to increase the allowance for uh, universal credit, which means that universal credit claimants will get 
another thousand pounds a year. But that that needs to be implemented, and and I would worry, um, having been in the job for for a few months uh, at DWP, uh, I would worry that if you try to make too many changes, even if they're entirely well intentioned, that somehow you end up with the system falling over and not providing any support for anybody. And it's a real risk if you try to demand too much from the system. The other point I would make, and you're, you're right to, to mention the advances or the loans. Yeah, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, you can't get any money for for five weeks. If you're going on to universal credit because, say, your job has just suddenly come to an end uh, and you need the money very quickly, you can get an advance. You know, it, of course, that means you don't get that money later on. Your future payments will be reduced accordingly. But people shouldn't be under the misapprehension that there is no access to any cash for immediate needs under the universal credit system for five weeks. That isn't true. You can get that money quickly. And yes, of course, that that you know, that means you're not going to get it later on. But, but there is that support that is there. And the final one I'd make about universal credit is that what universal credit is much better than the old system, like tax credits, is if you are moving in and out of work and your income is volatile, it is much better at increasing payments when your income is down and then reducing those payments when your income is back up again. It is a much more flexible, responsive system than the one that existed before tax credits, which was based on your annual income. Yeah, and And that can vary hugely. Yeah, Yeah. and and you wouldn't be able to sort that out for months and months and months. Okay, David Gork, thank you very much. We'll have to leave it there. Former Work and Pensions Secretary David Gork there. Thanks for listening to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.